0: Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joan Yavis.
1: And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuyper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified.
2: Hey everybody, it's your favorite PAO here, Chad Jones, and apparently after one year of doing a podcast, we needed to spruce things up and let you hear my sweet voice for a couple minutes each episode. Makes a little sense. I've been here for a bit. Thirteen years, seven commanders ranging from McCready, Thomas, Foley, Rickard, Sprague, and now Nyland. I think Colonel Rossine was mixed in there as well, too. We've grown from a place you couldn't talk about to the installation we cannot communicate without. During my time here, the nation's platform for intelligence, information, and cyber operations has worked on roads with the community. We've partied on Paul McLaughlin parade field with folks like Ludacris and Blake Shelton before he got big. And we've even had the Orioles on our youth sports fields while they were good. That's not to say all things on Fortress Mead have been rosy. We've survived an earthquake, a derecho, a year and a half at Chelsea Manning, and we've even been the epicenter for the ongoing housing issues the Army faces. Now we're living through COVID. Physically distant, of course. There's nothing new I could say about this pandemic, so I'll just restate the obvious. It's been a bigger pain than whiny Facebookers who complain about 4.30 a.m. being too late for them to decide to get to work because they live in Pennsylvania for some reason. But unlike those Facebookers who get to, get to laugh and hate and complain until they drop an F-bomb and I get to remove them from the platform, there are things we can do about COVID. You know them hygiene, physically distance, and wear your mask. And what we're also asking you to do is do a little bit of research and check out the vaccine. The more we do those things, the quicker we can get back to building more new memories. Maybe we can get the baby here, or at least let's shoot for getting our youth sports back this spring. So I'm gonna be back here every couple of weeks, dropping some stuff about uh, what's happening here on the fort. Let me know if there's anything that you want to hear about, and I'll drop that to you. But until then, this is a Thursday before the Super Bowl, so let me just get it out here. Bucks 34, Chiefs 31, that wonderful Michigan man, handsome dude by the name of Brady is going to get number seven. Until then, peace.
1: Now, there's a face I have not seen literally since last year. Joe, you're back.
0: Yes, I am. Glad to be back, too. Virtually, but I'm glad to be back. Um, I I like how everything just kind of rolled without me. That was nice. I want to thank Ben. Ben for coming on and and filling my shoes for, for an episode. You guys did a really good job. It was a really good episode. You guys did great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ben uh, really has a knack for this and enjoys it. And I think he's going to be helping us out in this podcast in a lot of ways. So I don't think people have seen the last of Ben's work yet.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So I was gone um, for our listeners out there. I was taking a little bit of vacation. Um, We had almost a full year of episodes and with everything else that's going on, I decided to just take some time off, you know, recharge a little bit, very important I think every. yeah yeah exactly I think everybody should take a little time here and there when you can and and just try to recharge your batteries uh we're all under a lot of stress with everything going on but you know we do what we do to take care of each other you know
1: and you have what two little ones so I'm sure they enjoyed lots of dad time and dad not being on his computer doing work all day (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah we had a great time um and of course we celebrate Christmas so we we uh we did all of that stuff and we have a lot of traditions here like at home you know being Hispanic we we have some extra traditions on top of all of that so it was nice to to celebrate all
1: that stuff with my kids I love like like cultural traditions so what what's one Hispanic tradition that you do that I probably have no clue exists.
0: Um, one of the things we do is like uh, Three Kings Day, which okay. is like technically when the three uh, wise men showed up and presented gifts to um, to you know to the child um, Jesus. We
1: yes, <laughs> <laughs> you at a loss for the name of the child. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Jesus. Yes, yes. Yeah. The three um, kings they come. They 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 bestow the child with the gifts.
0: Three gifts. Yeah, yeah. So we have like these like little. They're little trinkets. Nothing. Nothing big. Nothing major. It's it's the idea of of kind of celebrating that day. Kind of thing. It, it's it's cute. The kids they wake up and you know you you look under your bed and there's something there. You know. So.
1: So it's Three Kings Day. Is that? Christmas Day, or do you celebrate that on a different day?
0: That's a few days later. Okay, yeah,
1: gotcha. That would I, make I, sense. I want
0: because
1: yeah. they did, they, weren't just, like they weren't. They weren't there 6. before he was born. They weren't like out in the waiting room. Like we know he's coming. We got right. the presents. So I guess Christmas Day would be his birthday, and then a few days later they got word and and showed up. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. now. That I think about it. That was a silly question, but yeah. got it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. I like it. The presents under the yeah. bed. When I was growing up, I would get a present in my bed and I have a very distinct memory and I am not that young and I was very little and I woke up and I don't know if you remember glowworms.
0: Oh, of course.
1: There was a glow worm all lit up in my bed and nobody was around. And I just, I have this, I must've been like maybe five and I have this, very distinct memory of it I don't you know so to my parents kudos for pulling that off because I really thought Santa left me that because there's nobody in my room like I didn't hear you know feet in the hallway and a door shutting like that mom and dad just put it there but yeah so so many good memories tied with the holidays
0: yeah and I think as long as you keep that magic alive it's really great for the kids um
1: it is I think um I hope there's no children out there listening right now, but I think what, if there is, turn it off. Turn it off, Santa's real, turn this off right now. But um, for my daughter, it was when Santa and mom had the same wrapping paper.
0: <laughs> yes. And It's was
1: like, damn, yes. oh, oh, but anyways.
0: Like, yeah, my, my wife still does the different wrapping papers on purpose because she knows. <laughs>
1: my mom in the early nineties bought this wrapping paper that was on sale back when nothing was junk, you know, everything was good quality. It lasted, I kid you not like 20 Christmases. Like I was a grown adult (laughs) with children of my own when she ran out of this wrapping paper. Like, I think I got the last gift in this wrapping paper. It was the running joke. Like she had this paper for years. I'm like, how much of this stuff did you buy? And she's like, I, I, they were just really big rolls and it was on sale at like a Kmart or something, literally had it for years. It was a very monumental moment when that wrapping paper ceased to exist.
0: That's great. That's like, uh, (laughs) I mean, you got, you got to think, you, you know, you're going to have loads of, of holidays going forward. So you might as well just buy stock and wrapping paper.
1: (laughs) I just, it just became this joke. And I just don't think she really realized how much of it there was. And it just. It just went forever and ever and ever and it was the running joke well i certainly hope that that folks have those kind of memories for the holidays so COVID's still a thing joe i wish that you came back yeah. from vacation and COVID was not a thing but it is but the good news is vaccines are here and vaccines are on the fort
0: yes and uh We're gonna be talking a little bit about that today, which is great because the more information we put out to everyone, the better.
1: So at the fort, we're right now, we're in phase 1B. Okay, phase 1B of our vaccination. So that's mission critical. And that could be military, DA, civilians, contractors, okay? So they're all part of 1B mission critical. And the big thing I think that's really important um, to talk about is as the phases progress, people are like, what, well, what do we do? Where do we go? Do we just show up at Kimbrough? Um, when we hear our phased announced, what's the case? The answer is do not do that. Do not just show up. Obviously all of our vaccines, just like everywhere else, they're, they're kind of scheduled out and allotted. So if you're enrolled in TRICARE and you typically go to Kimbro, you're in their system You will get a notification from them when your time has come up to get scheduled for your vaccine. So I guess the most important thing is don't just show up. Call first. All right. This is one of those cases where you definitely want to call first and not just show up. um, Because you know, they just have a system going. But if you are enrolled in TRICARE and you are, and you do um, go to, to Kimbrough, you should be in their system you should get notification. If you don't call first, Uh, don't just show up to Kimbrough expecting to get a shot. Uh, There's been a lot of questions, Joe, about who can get vaccinated on post. TRICARE eligible beneficiaries. They can get eventually, depending on their phase, can get vaccinated on post. If you're part of that USA Family Health Plan, the one that uses all the Johns Hopkins stuff, you will not be getting your vaccination on post. You'll be getting it with your medical provider off post that you go to. So that's a key, key thing there. And just wanted to kind of clear up that. Um, now this is as of today, February 9th podcast that th- this information is current for. So if you're, you know, listening to this a little bit later, just check back with Kimbro check in on our, um, our regularly scheduled town halls that we have where we talk a lot about this stuff. But just know that we're in phase 1B. You will get a notification when it's time for you to come in and get your shot. And if you feel like you've been missed or you want to you check your status, call first. Please do not just show up to Kimbrough expecting um, to get a shot because that's not how it works. So good news there. It feels good. I don't know about you, Joe. It feels good to know that The mission critical folks are starting to get their shots. Uh, So it just, it's feeling closer. My dad's gotten his shot. Um, You know, some of our, our friends here at Fort Meade have gotten their shots. You know, lots of people are starting to get their shots. Uh, Friends of mine on Facebook are getting it. So it it feels good. Like I'm at the bottom of the list. Like (laughs) I, I, I'm at, I'm like the last one who's going to probably get a shot, but it just feels nice to see that it's starting to make its way down the chain. Yeah. So so really good information there. But Joe, we have an awesome interview today. This was probably one of the coolest interviews we've gotten to do in a while. Yes, we have Dr. Nilesh Kalyanaraman. Uh,
0: he's great and he had a lot of great things to say and we're, we're really excited to share it
1: with you. Yeah, and he's the health officer for Anne Arundel County so he is really a household name these days with the with the pandemic um so joe and i had a great interview with him joe what do you what did you think
0: um honestly he answered a lot of questions that i i think a lot of people have but what one thing he really did for me was because i was a skeptic i'm not going to lie to you and he made me feel a lot more comfortable about the idea of getting the vaccination. It's not that I was against it or not going to get it, but I was hesitant. Like, it, I just didn't know enough, you know? So he, he did a really good job of making me feel a little bit more at ease. And I hope he does the same for listeners.
1: COVID vaccines <laughs> are here and they're being distributed here on Fort Meade and in our surrounding counties, including Anne Arundel County.
0: Today, Dr. Nalesh Kalyana Raman, the Anne Arundel County Health Officer, joins us to talk vaccines and getting back to life without masks. Uh, Dr. K, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your position with Anne Arundel County. Thank you for having me here, Joe and Sherry. Um,
3: so I am the health officer for Anne Arundel County, and our health department has over 800 people whose job it is to protect the health of those who reside in or work in the county. By way of background, I'm a a primary care doctor and I've been in community health for 13 years, prior to joining the health department a couple of years ago. Uh, So my background is really about uh, serving underserved populations. That's what I've been working in community health centers. And so uh, at the health department, it's um, it's really the same mission, protecting communities. Just at a much larger scale so it's been a obviously covid has made that ride much more interesting
1: now i sorry i saw that so you got um became the health officer for the county in september 2019 and then just a few months later in december of 2019 we're hearing all this um pandemic stuff you know but it's still far away at that point and then we get hit with it in March. So you were not on uh, on board very long as a health officer for the county when the pandemic hit. How, what was that like?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was not. Um, it was about, as you know, it was about three months in um, when we started seeing this and we started tracking that uh, immediately. So in January, we started Tracking what was happening with that, uh, and actually by late January, early February, we were making preparations for its inevitable, uh, inevitable arrival in our in our state. Um, you know, I'm glad I had those first six months before COVID really just scrambled everything. Um, it's been uh, it's been both good and bad. I've had the opportunity to really interact intensively, intensely with others in the health department, but I don't get to see them in person anymore. And so I don't get to go around to sites and talk to folks in the community the same way. And I think that's really, for me, the biggest downside is just that loss of contact with with the community and with staff in the same way that, that uh, I used to be able to do.
1: Yes, well, I think you're a household name though, because of this pandemic. Um, I'm not gonna lie and and Joe, you can chime in with your thoughts. I've lived in a lot of counties being a military spouse. This is the first time I've ever known who the health officer was. And this is, it's a good thing. And one, it made me realize that there is such a a person that exists and who does this important work. Um, But also just to know um, that these people are here, you yourself and your um, colleagues around the country working to kind of contain this pandemic.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, it's it's been a strange experience. Didn't didn't expect to become a household name. That's generally not why public health exists. Um, But, you know, I I hope that we can take this opportunity, people, you know, noticing public health and kind of keep that momentum and continue, even after we get through the pandemic, to to continue to improve health and, and take a close look at how we can do that throughout every facet of
0: our community. Yeah. And I was going to say, going or coming out of this, now that people know who you are, we hope that people remain that vigilant with, you know, their health care so they learn who the the, uh, health officer is for their county, you know, no matter what installation they're at or or however. But uh, we did mention that vaccines are here. So what phase is the county currently on for vaccine distribution? Yeah, so... In in the in the county we have uh we have our phases
3: our phase one a one b one c two and three, and that's in line with what the state health department is doing, uh, and those phases are based on individual risk and the importance of different sectors to to the uh, to the community, uh, so right now we're in phase one b phase one a was healthcare workers first responders. Um, people residing and working in nursing homes. And we're still continuing to vaccinate those in 1A, but we expanded to 1B to really get the the 75 and older. So the people who are at highest risk of complications, severity of disease and death, uh, and to make sure that we're getting them as early as we can. We're also looking at doing educators, vaccinating educators who are in phase 1B and that's your school teachers, school staff, childcare, uh, and we're looking to get them a little bit uh, a little bit later in the phase one B. We really want to get those those seniors who are very vulnerable
0: first. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I know we have some uh, staff uh, here at the installation who will fall within that 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 age range, and so you know, I think some of them are starting to come up on that list of where they can go get their vaccines. So that's great. You know, they can finally. Look at coming back to the office. We've all been working from home for so long now, so it's really good news. It's really great to hear. Yeah, and and we you know we really encourage everybody to pre-register
3: on our website. Uh, so if you go to aahealth.org, you can find uh, find our pre-registration, and that's for everybody in, uh, throughout the county, and that allows you to get your name on the list. And when it's your turn, particularly right now, those who are seventy-five and older we'll send you an email every week with links to our appointments for vaccinations. Um, it doesn't mean you have to get your vaccine through us. It just means that you, you know, if you can get it another way, that's great. Um, but it does mean that we can get you those appointments, times and dates um, for whoever's in this current phase.
1: And that's really great because um, here at Fort Meade, we do have a lot of retirees um, as well who live on the post here. So I'm sure that's great information um, that they'll be looking forward to. So as far as distributions going, there's been a lot of different things in the news about how quickly it's going. It seems like it might not be going as fast as we want it to. Um, There's probably lots of reasons for that. Could you kind of dispel some of those rumors and such for us right now?
3: Yeah, so the distribution, I think that we are about almost a month in now, or maybe even a little bit more. Um, it started with hospitals. Uh, they were doing the healthcare workers in the hospitals first. Um, and after that, health departments started getting, uh, started getting vaccine. So in our health department, the way it works is we get a, we get a shipment of vaccines once a week. Right now it's about 5,000 doses. Um, but we'll see that that number may go up, and may go down, um, and our goal, and we're meeting that goal, is to schedule those vaccines out the following week and get everybody that use up this entire 5,000 vaccines. Um, and so I think from from our perspective, the distribution's actually going fairly well. So the health department is only one of the uh, one of the groups that has it. Hospitals, I like mentioned questions. we're going to see pharmacies, okay, so particularly a giant pharmacy is going to be having it in our, uh, in our county. Um, we know that CBS and Walgreens are getting it to vaccinate nursing home and assisted living facility residents. And so, there's a lot of different channels, and there's going to be more that are opening up. Um, I think the most important thing to remember is that once you get the vaccine, and we get them because we get them once a week, it's going to take another week to actually. Get all of that out the door. Um, and so you're always going to see, we're not going to be at 100% administered. That's not how it works. We're going to be somewhere around 50, 60% administered because as you give it out, there's more coming in. And so there's always going to be a few right. days lag. Uh, were there some kinks in the first few weeks? Yeah, there were. But that happens with any of these systems. And I think that by and large, most of those have been ironed higher-
1: well, and I think it's it's fair to expect that there would be some of those kinks initially. I mean, this it's a global pandemic and there you know, the, the drug companies I'm assuming are pushing out this vaccine at a higher rate of speed than, than normal. And then also to that delivery. plus there's also you got to keep it cold and you got to do certain things. So so yeah, I, I, I think personally we should give you all a little, a little kudos for, because for, it's been minor kinks. I mean, it's really rolled out fairly well. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up about the distributions never going to be a hundred percent because I think that's what people are looking for. And when they're not seeing that, it feels like things are going slower than normal. But what you're saying is it's not, it's always going to be 50% because of the way the rotation works and the distribution. Yeah,
3: I think the best way to think of it is if the supermarket sold a hundred percent of their products, the shelves would be empty. It's always got to be a constant stock coming in, going out, coming in, going out. And that's really what's happening with the vaccines as well.
0: Yeah, I think the key message there is just because it's not 100% doesn't mean anything's getting wasted. It's just how the process goes. So I think that's great. Um, One of the things, though, that I think we see with the vaccine is that a lot of people are kind of afraid or... Have a lot of questions about the vaccine. Uh, what would you like to say to the community to ease their minds? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked
3: that because there's, there's a number of different reasons people have questions. So, what we're finding is some of the questions that come up are people say that they're unsure of the science or that they're, you know, particularly in minority communities, there's a mistrust. Uh, of public health and health systems, or, or some people say it's new. I want to see what happens, um, and you know, to each of those, I think those are those are fair concerns to bring up. Um, you know, if you're unsure of the science, one of the things that is really interesting is that all of the science that was that's being used right now for the vaccines have been developed for decades. We just happen to bring them all together at this moment. So the these mRNA vaccines. We've had this technology for over a decade. Um, we've been studying coronaviruses. COVID is one of the coronaviruses. We've been studying that for decades um, and looking at vaccines for them because of MERS and SARS, which you may remember from the past couple of decades. And so right now, you know in the past year, everybody's been focused. and so using all these tools that have been, uh, that have been in, in use, we really pull together to make the vaccine. Historical mistrust. I understand that. Um, You know, I mentioned that I worked in underserved communities for for over a decade. Um, I saw that up close. To that, I'd say, I hear you, keep asking questions. Keep on top of it, because at the end of the day, this pandemic has also hit minorities the hardest. It's hit Blacks and Hispanics the hardest. Uh, And because of our greater awareness of that historical mistrust, These vaccine trials actually included more African Americans and Hispanics than most trials do, um, which is actually exactly what we want. We want to see how it works in all different types of populations. Um, And then the last piece, you know, this is new, let's see what happens. I hear you. Keep on top of it. Um, We're going to keep putting out updates uh, and the second you're ready, pre-register. Um, You know, this is, it's a new vaccine, but it's also built on decades and decades of knowledge and research. And so it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of a large body of work. um, And I think we'll be seeing the effects real soon in our population.
1: Now, I do believe that I saw your picture splashed all over the internet and maybe the newspaper, um, that you have received the Mm -hmm. vaccine. Now, have you gotten both of your doses? So I did get,
3: I got my first dose three weeks ago. I'm due for my next, my second one next week. Um, You know, when I got my first dose, uh, the next couple of days, I had some aches in my arm where I got the injection. Um, Other than that, I felt maybe a little tired for a day or two. It's a little hard for me to tell these days what's making me tired, but it was really minimal. (laughs) Um, Now... I will say that more people say that they have side effects on the second dose. So I'm gonna be reporting back on what I feel after I get that second dose next week.
1: Very good. And uh, and thank and thank you for that too. I mean, you know, I I do believe in the science and vaccines but you know, I, I do understand like you said where people come from questioning some of this stuff and, and thank you for setting those minds at ease. So after we're all vaccinated, what what does it what challenges are on the road ahead are we ever going to get back to normal is there a new normal that we have to look at and i'm talking everything from you know if you could kind of explain i've heard that once we get the vaccine we still have to do the social distancing and masking for a long period of time because even though i have the vaccine somebody else may not and then of course are we when can we throw these dang masks away?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I hear that question loud and clear. Um, so, So the vaccine is gonna do two things, right? It's gonna be both to help you, so to make sure that if you happen to get it, that you avoid the severe symptoms or maybe even any symptoms. And then the second piece is that if enough people get it, and that's what we call population immunity, it becomes much harder for the virus to transmit between people. Um, that's really what we're going for. But right now in the early stages when we've only gotten maybe three or four percent of the population just getting the first dose so far in a month, um, we don't have population immunity yet. That, that comes later, 60 to 80 percent of the population. So right now you can, it's still, the virus is obviously still passing between people. So you still got to wear the mask Still, distance right now, um, because it's still it's still being passed around right now, um, and that's the that's the reality going to be the reality for a while until we start to see greater vaccine availability. And you know, the good news is that there's additional vaccines that are uh, that are in trials. I know that a few in the next month or so are going to go up for approval. Um, and as there are more and more vaccines that are approved, we'll have more stock available to vaccinate people.
1: So if, I, if I'm if i vaccinated and I've had both doses, mm-hmm. am I still able to potentially carry coronavirus and give it to, say, Joe, who hasn't been vaccinated yet?
3: You still could. You still could. And that's so that's the reason to continue to wear the mask and distance until we get enough people that... Really, there's nowhere for the virus to go. Um, and so we just need people to hold on. We'll be in much better shape by the summertime. Um, okay. Right now, we just got to get through, we got to get through spring. We got to get enough shots in arms.
1: Okay, now that was going to be my, my final follow up is, is when are we going to start seeing those numbers drop and start seeing that population immunity that you talked about? So you're saying summertime.
3: I am because I'm saying summertime for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, our vaccination is really focused in its early phases on those who are at highest risk. And so that means right now, obviously, 75 and over, but 65 and over is coming soon. And then those with high risk conditions across all adult age ranges. And so those are the people at highest risk of severe disease. And so as we get to vaccinate those, just the overall damage from this virus will go down. Um, and then, like I said, as we see more vaccines approved, we'll get just a larger percentage of the population. By the summertime, we'll just be in a very different space. We'll probably need still some level of precautions, but it won't be like how we are right now.
1: So what I'm hearing is, I might be able to go to the beach. Will I still need to wear a mask to go swimming?
3: That's a great <laughs> question. I will not answer that right now. We'll have to <laughs>
1: No. <laughs> Darn it. I was hoping you'd give me some inside <laughs> scoop here, but I, I guess not. Wishful thinking. It, it is, it is
0: good to hear that, that we can potentially see the end of the tunnel, hopefully this year. I'm not saying that that's a guarantee. I'm saying that that's going to be helpful for people to look forward to the future because we, we all want this to be behind this.
3: Yes, I, I absolutely agree with you. This is the, this is the beginning of the year. Um, I think of this as you know, two parts, part one was 2020 and it was tough and part two starting off in 2021 is the beginning of the vaccine and I think there's a lot of anxiety, interest, frustration because more people want it, um, but we're getting there and, and this is our path off. So I, I'm, I'm much more hopeful in 2021 than I was in 2020, I think we're, we're heading into good, good times.
1: Yeah, I know. For me, and and I'm sure you know for Joe too. I'm starting to see family members of mine on the vaccine list. Uh, they don't all necessarily live in Anne Arundel County, but knowing that um, that that's co- it's closer to me, so it feels good to know it's closer to me. Um, but once, so once we have the population immunity, and you know, once um, we get to that stage, is coronavirus then gone? Do we have a new normal? Will things ever look like they did prior? What, what's the future gonna kind of look like?
3: Yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a great question because we're learning about coronavirus in real time as a society, right? Um, and so what is coronavirus gonna do? There's a lot of talk of variants right now, but that's normal, that's what viruses do. There are, there are tons of variants. It's why there's a new flu vaccine each year to handle variants. Um, so we're going to see how long does the COVID vaccine last? Does it last a year? Does it last five years? Does it last your lifetime? We, we don't know the answer yet. And that depends on um, how many variants and what those do for the coronavirus. But we know what that looks like. We have a seasonal flu vaccine. We do it every year. So we have that knowledge of how to do that if we need to do it every year. The other thing I think that's going to be really interesting is mask usage, particularly during cold and flu seasons. So one of the really cool things is right now, flu, uh, flu infections and hospital admissions is something like 98% decrease from normal. Because of all the things that we're doing for COVID, it helps with preventing flu transmission. Um, and I hope this really increases the uptake for flu vaccine, um, the use of masks when people maybe have some symptoms or going around or for protection. You know, next year when maybe we don't have to do masks, but it would be a good idea to do it for certain people. And so, there are some lessons we can learn on how to decrease the level of infection overall and for COVID specifically in, in the coming years.
1: Well, I, so so basically, what you're saying is, don't throw away your masks. If you bought <laughs> some really cute, fashionable masks, keep them because when cold and flu season comes around. And that just seems like a little bit like common sense too, because I'm not a medical professional by any stretch of of anything, but my daughter and I had had a conversation one day, I'm like, why aren't we doing this mask wearing during cold and flu season? And then like you just said, I had seen my doctor recently, and even she had said that the cases were down considerably because we're wearing these masks. So, all right. So I guess I can invest in a few more cute masks to wear with my outfits for cold and flu season, but that's it. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> you get to choose. You get to choose at that time, so it's good. It's bad. Yeah, no.
1: no. I mean, it, it's it's good, and it's you know, um, some people work in jobs where they're around a lot of people during cold and flu season, and you know, just wearing wearing a mask could mm-hmm. keep you from getting sick. I haven't been sick hardly at all. I wear a mask all the time, so even you know, I usually get sick at least once in the winter. Mm -hmm. fingers crossed I've I've been doing good so yeah it's a huge huge benefit annoying Mm -hmm. sometimes but huge benefit
3: yeah yeah and and you know I'll I'll make that plug for washing your hands and staying home if you're sick all things for a really long time but but we see what it looks like if we actually do it right we yes um, we we can we can pretty much cut down the flu and cold transmission and with COVID just because it's Spread so quickly, it's been challenging. But even that, it has slowed down the COVID spread.
0: So, I, I wanted to throw a question in because I got to thinking, based off of um, off of the vaccine, and you said the the population immunity, um, and then we talked about variants. Is there the potential for another pandemic to occur because of those variants, or in general, within a, like within this time frame? That's a
3: that's a really good question. So we're monitoring right now um, the first uh, first cases of the B117 variant in, in the state were in our county. Um, and, and for those who are not familiar, the B117 variant is a is a new variant of, of COVID that just spreads faster. It's not more dangerous uh, or deadly, but because it moves faster, it can get more people sick in a shorter period of time. But We don't really know how it's going to act here in the US, so we're keeping our eye on it. All the things that we're doing now are the things that we need to continue doing. Um, Whether it's the regular strain of COVID or the variant strain or any of the variant strains of COVID. So right now, I would advise people not to, you know, not to worry about that at this time. If we start to see that, you know, it's taking over, then yeah, we'll need to we'll need to react to that. But right now, getting the vaccines um, in arms is gonna is is regardless of the variant is really our top
0: priority. Yeah, and I think I think everything we talked about today and all the stuff that you brought up, I think it's going to do a lot to make people feel more at ease and more comfortable with everything that's going on now. So we really appreciate everything that you've brought to the table today. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, just one thing.
3: Um, just be kind to yourself and be kind to others. It's uh, twenty twenty was a year unlike any we've ever had, and twenty twenty one is still going to be hard. Uh, and I think it's more important than ever just to just to show and share that kindness. It's one. It's what's going to get all of us through this um, if we pull together as community.
1: We just talked to Dr. Callie Marin. He gave us some really great info, Joe. What resonated with you from this conversation? Um, so
0: I, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, when I was in the military, um, I got pumped full of all kinds of vaccines, all kinds of shots, you know, <laughs> going to other countries, doing things. So I've, I've always been one of those people who's always like wondered what's in these shots. So I was kind of in the demographic he spoke about where I just don't know how i feel i kind of want to wait and see how it's going for everybody else before i get mine i do feel a little bit more comfortable after listening to him you know thinking about it more like a flu shot than anything else because even the side effects he spoke of sounds kind of like when
1: you get a flu shot so it doesn't sound that scary you know yeah when i think some of it's the science too because i think unless you're in the health community you just kind of like oh pandemic, you know, and a few months later here's a vaccine and it's like, people are like, whoa, where did this come from? So what really yeah. kind of hit home with me was just the fact that he talked about that this science has been around for years. You know, um, coronavirus is not new. COVID-19 is new, but coronavirus is not. So there's been stuff all around for years. And then this was the reason to pull it all together and create something out of it. Yeah. Um, so kind of hearing that was was really nice. And also talking about the um, the, under, the population, the populations rather that question it, um, especially our minority communities, and also yeah. realizing that you know for the first time we had a high percentage of those communities represented in the testing phases, as well. Um, which so is I great. Think, yeah, which is amazing. Um, it's sad that it took a global pandemic to do that, but. Um, but nonetheless, you know, he gave some really great information to just, I, it eases my mind. I mean, I was always going to get the vaccination, but, you know, I was kind of like, I don't really know what's going on here, um, but I trust the scientists. So I was going, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it, but it does, it does make me feel better to just know that it's going to be okay. And I might just need to take a day or two of sick leave <laughs> when we get the second dose, you know, which that's not too bad. Yeah.
0: No, that's not too bad at all. And I think, honestly, more than anything, uh, looking towards life coming back into control a little bit, because we all felt a little bit like we just had no control over what's happening in our lives right now. And I think getting back to that is honestly more important than normalcy. Like, I don't think that we'll ever see what normal used to be like. But knowing that we can control our life a little bit more and get back on track with some things, maybe even see our coworkers in the office, you know. Oh, wouldn't that be Those lovely. sort of things are gonna be great. Yeah, and, and, I, and I feel a lot more confident about it now, thanks to Dr. K.
1: Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. And I mean, even though I tried to get him to give me a clear that we'd be good by beach, uh, beach weather time <laughs> to ditch the masks, he would not commit to that, which rightfully so. Um, the other thing I really took away, and I think this is really, really important because I, I read the news and, and follow up on all this vaccine stuff. We're never going to be at like that 100% distribution. So really pay attention to what he said about how that works because you know he gets it, then the following week is um, when it gets distributed and it's always on this rotating thing. So we're never going to see that everything's been done. We're never going to see that 100%. Um, and his grocery store analogy was perfect. You know, yeah. I've never gone, well, I shouldn't say I've never because when the pandemic first hit the toilet paper aisle, but when you go into a grocery store, it's not, <laughs> the shelves aren't empty and it's that continuing replenishment of it. So the vaccines are here, they're coming, be patient, be kind, which I thought was something very wonderful that he said. And, yeah. you know- um, and I love that he encouraged asking the questions. I love that he encouraged the skepticism a little bit because, um, because he is very aware that people um, have reservations about this. And I just, I appreciated that because I've had my fair share of doctors in the day who are like, I'm the doctor and because I said so. And he was like, no, like ask the questions, stay on top of it and stay informed. Um, so I thought that was really groovy as well. <laughs>
0: yeah i I think there was a lot of great uh a lot of great little tidbits of information that he put out but i definitely really uh appreciated the kindness part too i thought i thought that's a nice sentiment you know it's a new year it's a new day let's let's be kinder to each other let's not make Mm -hmm. a habit of of what 2020 was like and let's let's make 2021 a bit better you know